Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Learner Podcast. My name is Josh Buccinelli. The following is an interview with Anna Rohrer. Anna is an Indiana alum graduating from Mishawaka in 2015. During her time in high school, she was National Gatorade Girls Cross Country Runner of the Year, two-time state champion in cross country, three-time state champion in the 3200, and five-time national champion between cross country and track. Upon graduation, she joined the University of Notre Dame. During her time at Notre Dame, she was four-time first team in cross country, two-time first team in the indoor 5K, and two-time first team in the outdoor 10K. Upon graduation, she signed a pro contract with Boston Athletic Association. Her time with BAA was unfortunately cut short due to a lingering back injury. She has since been able to run again and holds PRs of 113.50 in the half marathon and 236.31 in the full marathon. I really enjoyed this conversation with Anna with her drive to get the best out of herself, her passion for the sport, and her determination to overcome whatever life throws at her. It was easy to see why she is one of the best runners to ever come from Indiana. She also has a unique insight into the neuroscience of mindset and peak performance, which I hope we can get into on a further uh, get into further on a later episode. But I hope you all enjoy this episode as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Anna Rohr. All right, Anna, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. Hello, glad to be here. I've uh, been an avid Indiana Runner follower since I was about 14 years old, so it's fun to see how it's progressed as as a whole throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. A little full circle moment. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll start like we have been recently with a little tear talk. Um I wanted to think of something a little bit more creative than this, but it is a running podcast after all. So we're going to do favorite race to run. So this can be track, road, cross country, uh, anything. Uh, would you, you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So I cheated a little bit. I added an honorable mention, but my honorable mention is the road half marathon. Um, so these are, I don't know, this wasn't my like top three like best races is like my favorite to run, yeah. you know? Um, and I've, I've actually never done the marathons. So I feel like it would make the list if I, if I did one. So I've done half of one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three is the track 800. Um, that was probably my favorite and best event in high school. It's got a special okay. place in my heart. Um, and maybe I'd actually say the four by eight instead of the track 800. Just, I like the team aspect of it. So that's my number three. Number two is the road 5k. Like it's just like a classic, especially like post college. Oh uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. you can do it with anyone. Tons of people do it. Like it's, I don't know. It's a fun event. And then number one is the marathon relay. Have you ever done anything like that? I have not. I feel like I could stack up a pretty good team for that though. It'd be fun. Yeah. So I've actually done probably five or six of these and I don't know. It's a ton of fun. Like they have okay. did one in Michigan uh, this past summer and we just like ran through, I forget what part of Michigan it was, but you like have teams of four or five and you split up the marathon like pretty equally and then you kind of do it relay style. Nice. Yeah, that would be fun. I need to try that. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What are your, what are your top three? Um, <laughs> What something I feel like would be my top. I'm not gonna actually say it is. This can be my honorable mention. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten to do a road 5K since I was like I don't know 16 or 17, but I remember loving it so much then. So, like a road 5K or 10K hasn't been since high school. That would be my honorable mention. Um, because I remember loving it, but it's been so long. Um, favorite though sit of recent that I've run, I would say track 5K. Uh, probably okay. not what people expect. Um, the 10 K was definitely my best, but not my favorite to run on the track by any means. <laughs> um, second, I would say the cross country, cross country 5k. Um, okay. I like track a little better just cause it's fast. feels really good to run fast. Mm-hmm. Um, cross country, you're still running fast, but like, oh man, the, 
just the terrain of cross country I do really love. Um, it's a hard hard to choose between track and cross country. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say road half marathon for three. Uh, so I have done a half and a full, but I think I like the half. I'd say the half over the full. Okay. But 5k is like your, your sweet spot, your favorite event. Yeah, I love, I really love 5k. It's not, I'm definitely best at like 10k half marathon marathon, but uh-huh. the 5k is just fun because when you're used to running longer distances, it feels mm. so short and so fast that it's just, it's just like a whole different, uh, it's a whole different high after the race, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any plans to do a 5k in the future? Or? Yes, I'd like to. Um, It's just been a matter of planning around like marathon, half marathon buildup. And then mm-hmm. um, I just got married this past fall. So kind of there wasn't as much time to go to a race mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, just the other weekend time commitments I had. But yeah, definitely we'll be on deck. Okay, cool. Yeah, it'd be fun. Fun to do. Um, all right. So we're going to start by taking it all the way back to the beginning. How did you get your start in running? Um, I actually got my start from my middle school PE um, PE teacher. She, We were doing the physical fitness testing in gym class, and I originally played volleyball and swam as my two bigger sports. And I did track some in elementary school, but I wasn't that good. I didn't really like it. I was really like nervous to compete Um, and then kind of turned a little bit, like started getting good and just natural, like, you know, just little conditioning things for volleyball and stuff. And she told me in gym class after running the mile that she's like, I don't know how good you are at volleyball, but you should really go out for track. I think you do well. (laughs) So I went out for track and then realized how easily that clicked for me versus, um, you know, I was good. I was decent at volleyball. I wasn't like great by any means, mm-hmm. uh, but running, it was like, all right, this is clicking pretty fast. And so I ran cross country the next year instead of volleyball and then just stuck with it from there. Wow. Was it hard to give up volleyball? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I still did. I would do a summer sand volleyball league throughout high school. So I was still able okay. to like at least keep my skills up some and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll play as much as I can now. Um, it's nice. It kind of sticks with you, but yeah, yeah it was because it's a lot more fun. Like, you <laughs> know, your practice is like playing games, mm-hmm. but obviously like I love running, so I can't, can't complain. Yeah. Did you give up, uh, give up swimming as well? Yeah. I didn't love swimming as much. Um, <laughs> I liked it for a while growing up and then I mean, I swam so much during high school and college just because due to injury or cross training or something. Mm. So I definitely kept the swimming skills up, but I'm not, I can't say that I get excited to go for a swim. Yeah, for sure. Did you know right away that you were pretty good or they had some talent? Yeah, I would say so. Um, but again, I ran some in, in uh, elementary school. I do I do like the 800. I do the 200. I did all the, <laughs> like nothing that made sense. I'm pretty sure I did long jump too. Um, but it definitely, I was very much middle to back of the pack in things. And then, yeah, things just really clicked into place. I t- didn't run for a year. So it would have been sixth grade, I think. And then seventh grade teacher talked me into it. And then that was when it really showed like, okay, if I train for this, I could see where I could be. I could be really good. Mm, okay. At what point along the journey? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it wasn't anything like, oh, I think you could like win state, you know, in mm. a couple of years at all. That, that wasn't very middle school, but it was like, you know, you could win your, your conference meet or something like that. Yeah. At what point along the journey did you like develop a passion for it? Like, oh, I really love doing this. Yeah, I would say that came more, that probably came more in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, middle school, just, I think somewhat like you honestly don't run as, as much in middle school. Um, so you can have a passion for it, but you're running like, you know, 15 miles a week or something. Um, if that, I don't even know if we hit that. Mm-hmm. But then I think the the strong team atmosphere of high school and having just my middle school coach was great in the sense that he made it very fun 
and developed that enjoyment for running Mm. but then it was high school where we really had a strong team and that that helped with the passion a lot more where you feel like you're just competing for so much more than just you know yourself and Mm. that yeah that's when I would say it came and then also I would say getting better along the way Mm-hmm. increase the passion um, a lot as well I think that's natural for anything that you find you're good at you start to enjoy it more as well yeah in hindsight do you think it was important like in middle school to kind of ease into running like you said it was your coach made it fun it was pretty light you weren't doing a ton of stuff but do you think that was important to have that kind of I don't know fun first and then you got serious later yes yes absolutely mm-hmm. and all the the kids that I coach I've coached middle school and high school and really for both ages I will emphasize you gotta still enjoy and have fun but when I'm coaching a middle schooler it is it is so much about if you're really enjoying what you're doing then you're going to get better naturally because you're going to stick with it longer but I've I've seen friends just really get burned out from drilling it in really hard at a young age and that's not always the case by any means, but I think I see it more often than not. And so, yeah, the, the fun aspect and not trying to run 30 miles a week when you're 12, um, mm-hmm. I think is definitely on the smart side. Yeah, I definitely agree. So coming into high school, did you have expectations of being as good as you would become or where, where was your head at heading into high school? Yeah, going into high school, I remember um, I ran with the the girls team the summer going into eighth grade. So I kind of met them, got a feel for how things worked. And then I looked at what the school record was. And it was it was like high. It was 1850 something. And I remember going into high school. I was like, I really want to beat that school record. I want to have that. Um, and. <laughs> So I thought about, yeah, I want to run at state and such, but I didn't really think a ton about if I'd run in college and like, certainly not professionally. I don't think I thought about winning a state championship, but I was also just very naive. I don't think I knew how everything even worked. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just like, all right, I want to run fast. I'm going to show up and try hard. And Mm -hmm. I know I'll be, I'll be good, but um, I don't think I thought super long-term. It was more just, all right, school record. And then we'll see. Okay. Uh, what kind of training were you doing in high school? Uh, a lot of cross training. I say that mm. I ran four days a week, um, for like a good majority of my high school career. Whoa. And then, yeah. Um, so I did trying to think what the structure was. Part of that was I started off, I think doing five or six days and then got injured. Um, and then, learned how you can really cross train and stay in great shape and that um so then use that ran well my sophomore year with running less but doing more cross training saw that it worked and then got injured again later um so it was like okay maybe we're um so easing off of injury it was like four days a week of running maybe 25 30 miles but supplemented with cross training and then my senior year was like the most normal for a, what you would think of for a a typical runner. But I think it was still maybe five days a week of running and two, two days cross training, sometimes a day off. Uh, but I, I definitely cross trained a lot in high school. Yeah. What kind of cross training were you doing? I did a, a mix of everything. Um, what was really, really great that my high school coach arranged and I think it still actually goes on now, which I, I love because keeping um, injuries low, especially for the young ladies is huge. So we get in the pool every Wednesday as a team. It started off with like, I would just get in cause I was injured. And then we kind of mm-hmm. made it a full team thing, which was awesome. Um, and then I do in the mornings before school, um, not every single day, but I do just some doubles in, in high school and it was, like a 30 minute bike ride. Um, then eventually along the way, my, my parents invested in an elliptical. They still have, uh, my mom uses it a lot more now than <laughs> myself, but, uh, 
Yeah. So it was really a mix of everything. I also had one of those Aerodyne bikes with the big fans uh, that people think look ridiculous, but they (laughs) are a great workout if, if, uh, I'll put in a plug for them. There we go. <laughs> uh, what kind of injuries were you sustaining during this time? Yeah, it was foot injuries um, okay. pretty much exclusively. There'd be like the random, you know, you get tendonitis every once in a while and it's not a, not really a huge deal, but my, I shouldn't say that it can be a huge deal depending on where it is. The mm-hmm. ones that I had were not, uh, were not super concerning. But I broke the the navicular, so like the arch bone, and some oh, of my wow. metatarsals my freshman year. And then my junior year was really the worst, where I, I broke both naviculars, and one of them oh. was three quarters of the way through. So I did have to get surgery on that that foot. I think my left foot, I want to say. Hey, what kept you going? Uh, yeah, that is a great question. <laughs> Um, it's a mix of the pure enjoyment of like enjoyment and satisfaction that comes with just challenging yourself and that you get that so Mm. purely with running where Mm. it's, it's very much like, you know, did you show up and work out hard and now are you going to show up to the race and do everything you can? If you cross the finish line, you're not that tired. Like, you know, you didn't give it your all. And so some of that is just that innate drive to, to want to do it. But it was also, um, I'd also say it was really faith-based too, where I was, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I feel like this is something that, um, I'm not supposed to give up and I don't really understand why this is happening. I don't like that it's happening, but, um, the doctors said get surgery and it's going to be the best chance that you'll be able to run without having an injury again. And, Mm -hmm. um, it definitely, I definitely had those days when I was, when I was in a pretty low place mentally and not motivated, but ultimately just knowing how good I could be and wanting to get back there was a big driver. And then also just the, yeah, the faith of, all right, I'm going to push through this and see where it goes. Absolutely. Uh, So coming in your freshman year, you had a, a really solid freshman year. But then like your sophomore year, you make a jump to like national level good. What uh what allowed you to make that transition? Like what were some of those keys? Yeah, I always enjoy enjoy explaining that one because that season, that sophomore season is one that I will just always remember because it it was a complete surprise to everybody, uh, including myself. And it's really it's fun when you surprise yourself like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but given the work was very much put in and that's also what was so memorable about it. Um, but three things I would say one being, I got my ferritin levels tested for the first time after my Mm. freshman year. And I was at, I think a four, um, which is crazy low. Um, definitely advocate for all, all runners, especially female runners to get their iron levels checked. I've worked Mm. with a lot of girls that have had just incredible comebacks after that. Um, so that was one thing I, I never knew I was low on energy and then suddenly I had more. Um, and then the other piece was I started running with the boys team more. Mm -hmm. Um, I love running, like, of course I high school girl wants to run with the high school girls as much as you can, but I knew that I, it just wasn't pushing me enough. And so that summer I ran with the boys more and that got me in better shape. And then the last piece was I, that was when I started adding in some of the cross training. Mm. So it wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't like, you know, an hour a day, every morning before school, it was probably 30 minutes, maybe four times a week. But when you're only running 25 or 30 miles, that 30 minutes goes really far. Yeah. Were you guys a joint program, like the boys and girls together, or were you like completely with the boys? Okay. Yeah, Mishawaka was a joint program. Really, really enjoyed that piece of high school. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thinking about your whole like high school career, are there? Because it's hard to it's hard to narrow down your accomplishments. Is there one or two things that you're most proud of of accomplishing in your time in high school? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, man. 
I would say the two, there were just so many fun races in high school. Um, the, the two biggest ones that stand out, I would say would be my senior year footlocker because to win, to win for a second time, having gone through two broken feet and taking a season off and having totally gotten off of everyone's radar, but knowing like, all right, I'm going to build back up. I know I can do this, um, to be able to come back and, and do that and be healthy and faster and everything. It was just, uh, it was a very, that was a very special moment. Um, and really just incredible season to be able to get back to where I was and in a way where I was loving it even more. And then the second would be my last race of high school where I broke 10 minutes in the two mile. Um, mm. that, that was on, uh, it was actually not even my high school coach that put that on my radar. It was our rival high school, uh, <laughs> which was Penn. I remember their coach came up to me after a meet one time. It was like, so you think you're going to break, are you going to break 10 minutes this year? And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> like, and given, I think my coach had thought it the whole time, but he didn't want to pressure me. <laughs> he was going to wait a little bit. Um, and so that was what I was chasing. And it was just set up so perfectly to run fast and to get to do that as my last race in high school and win the, the Brooks PR was just, um, yeah, just such a, such a fun day, but also a moment of um, knowing I was so determined to do this. I knew I was ready. The training was there and it was just, I just have to go out and execute and trust, trust that I know that I can do it. And um, so it was a good like win both physically and mentally. Hmm. Thinking about like your whole running career, what kind of like goals or accomplishments like really excite you? Is it like the time, the place, the, I don't know, fill in the blank, I guess. Yeah, that's, that is a tough one because I, I'd say some of it is context dependent mm. as well. So like in college, I never won a national championship, but I got third twice. And both of those times were some of my favorite races because yeah, it sucks to be so ready to win a national championship and then not get it by a mm. few seconds. But it was also like crossing the finish line, knowing okay, I did everything I could have done. I wouldn't have changed that. And I got a PR, like I can't, you can't be too upset about it if you know you did everything you could have done. And, you know, now Carissa Schweitzer, she's pretty successful. I think <laughs> it's understandable, but no, it was, I mean, it was also awesome to just journey with some of these women who both in high school and college to, you know, I'd beat them and see where they are and they beat me. And like mm -hmm. now just looking back on what we've all done collectively is just absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's, it's just the feeling of, I put everything out there and I'm really proud of that. Um, even if it wasn't a win, but then other ones like breaking the high school indoor rec national record for the 5k, mm -hmm. that was, um, you know, that was just outstanding to experience and, and mm -hmm. another moment of physical, but really mental resilience there. Like it was mm -hmm. incredibly one of the hardest physical races I remember running. I did not feel very well. Um, but just going into it so, so locked in, like this is going to happen as it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say some, uh, time-wise, but also just the place, the people love getting to run at Laverne. Um, mm. <laughs> always holds a good place in my heart. Glad I got to run there so many times in college. Um, but yeah, I'd say context and time and place all play a role in it. Yeah, for sure. That's a great answer. Uh, also thinking about thinking back on your whole career, uh, what would you say like the place of I guess uh, growing up and running in Indiana and then maybe more specifically Northern Indiana played and I guess like, how did it shape you? How did it shape your running career, et cetera? Yeah, I think running in Indiana, especially 
especially northern just because I think the snow gets a little snow ice wind mm. <laughs> um, humidity is a little more intense I can say that now having lived in Indianapolis for a year <laughs> um, <laughs> a full year you know I've gotten all the seasons I've <laughs> Uh, I'd say it's adequate data, but um, it, I saw that play out so much, especially in cross country in college and then national meets in high school. So mm. when I guess we like Midwest nationals, everyone's in most people have experienced cold um, in, in high school or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Midwest regionals in high school. Yeah. Most of them have experienced cold. Um, but really in in college, NCAAs are the end of November and it's been, and now it's different, but it was always in Terre Haute or Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And those are not warm places to be at the end of November. And, um, my mentality always goes to, I am so tough from all of these workouts and all of these races that I have run in really bad conditions that, it's not, it's just another day. It doesn't phase me. It actually gets me a little bit more excited. Um, the half marathon I ran this past April, it, it snowed during it and was windy. And when it got really bad, I was just like, yes, bring it on. I'm about <laughs> to pass this person. It's going to work out well. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it just prepares you very much mentally for tough race conditions. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, so were were you healthy your senior year or as healthy as you had been of high school? Um, of high school? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I started cross country season a little bit late because I was having some, some foot, like, uh, what's the word? Like regression a little bit over the summer. So I took the summer off and started racing later, but like I was healthy the whole school year. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess making the transition to college, um, how did you make the decision to go to Notre Dame? Were you considering other places? What was that process like? I definitely was considering other places. I took all five of my visits um, and two unofficial visits as well. Didn't decide until February of senior year. Oh, wow. um, so Notre Dame was actually the first place I visited, but then I visited big school, public school, uh, small schools, just um, West Coast, East Coast, kind of all over. And it it really just came down to, I, I was the best fit. Um, I, hmm. of, you know, all the coaches are fun, are, are great. The teams were, were very welcoming, but the community of people at Notre Dame, not just on the team, really, really stood out to me. Um, and also I loved that it would be a place I could practice my faith. I, I mean, I would anyway, but it's, a it's mm-hmm. more like widespread on campus. It's, um, you know, just out in the open. And I really liked that, but really the, the community of people was so strong and my parents, I think it was my mom asked me or told me some of the best advice I've ever gotten. And I tell this to every single kid that I coach that's looking at colleges but choose a school that you would be happy, even if you never ran again. Mm. And when it came down to that, I was like, man, I know I didn't want to stay 20 minutes from home, but this is just by far the best fit for me and where I know I'd be happy. So mm. really came down to that too. Yeah. It seems like for a lot of kids, or maybe not a lot, but some kids, once you get to college and you start running you really realize if you actually love running or not is that true and then how how do you know if you do well it comes down to your time your dedication because Mm. being a college athlete is very hard um it's it's incredibly rewarding incredibly fun and worth it but if you don't really love what you're showing up to do each day and what you're sacrificing time with, you know, other friends, your Friday night doesn't look quite the same as a lot of people's Friday nights mm. um, for the majority of the school year. And it comes down to is, is this really what I want to do? And if it is, then it's not hard to get up and 
run nine, 10 miles before a Saturday football game um, <laughs> because you, you care about it and you care about your team and representing your school and everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say it, it, there's always going to be those people that, that realize it's not their passion. And that's, I'm, that's great. Like, that's mm-hmm. like, you enjoy your college experience. That's, that's fine. But uh, it is, it does get to be, I think eye-opening for some people if they maybe didn't expect that. Yeah. Did you did you know that you loved it? Like I guess in asking another question, like how is that the transition in our dame? Like, did you have any questions? Like, did I make the right decision? Is this really what I want to oh, do? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So so again, time time commitment was the big one. I honestly had a pretty rough transition into college. Um, I wanted, I knew I, I didn't think I wanted to go to med school, but I was in neuroscience as my major, which I I kept. Um, but you're in just a lot of hard classes right at once you're starting off in season and traveling and they had us, which is now changed. I've been informed. Um, they had us enrolled in like 19 credit hours to start, which Whoa. for those who don't know credit hours, 12 to 15 is more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just really in over my head when I got started. And, but the thing was the classroom was hard. You know, I was going to, I was going to get through and everything, but running and being with my team every day was always the best part of my day. Mm. And that in those moments when I was like, man, should I switch majors? Is this really what I want to do? Um, I just had some really great voices of reason within my team, my coach, um, our, you always have an academic advisor as an athlete. And those are the voices that I really needed at that time. And, uh, so I, I never questioned if I wanted to keep running. I loved that. And it, mm. it became even more apparent, I would say in college. Okay. So did you end up sticking with neuroscience? I did. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad I did. I really loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess same question I asked for high school. Um, you also accomplished a lot in college. What, uh, what are some key moments that stick out from your time at Notre Dame? some key accomplishments. Yeah, the one of my favorites that at the time I did not it's one of my favorites because I didn't recognize how good it was. Uh my debut 10k when I ran a 31:58 at Stanford as a sophomore. Um that's one of my all-time favorites because I went into that race just minutes before my coach was like, Anna, just, just run with the pack of the professional women. And I was like, okay, great. I don't have to lead. I'll just follow along. And then they told me what splits they were running. And, and I remember like, they told me, I think, I think it was like 77, five or, or so, somewhere around there. Yeah. I think that would be the time I'd be right. And so I was like, okay. And then I like paused and thought about it in my head. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever run a 5k that pace. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna like give it a try. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And because I just didn't have any pressure on me to win the race, um, I didn't even know what a 10k felt like. I just went into it totally relaxed and open-minded and then ended up winning and running uh, what was still as my track, my 10k PR. Um, uh, just due to some injury coming back to the season late in college just NCAA timing isn't always ideal with what uh other things you have going on Mm. but that was that was definitely one of my favorites because it was it was a PR but I was it was a PR because I was obviously in great shape but I was just loose I was just having fun Mm -hmm. with it yeah what about uh what about the lows were there any times you questioned what am I doing here (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the all time lows would have been also my sophomore year, also a 10 K, um, running. So I had a, a back injury that is really what I battled up and down up until like last year, roughly, Mm -hmm. um, with a bulging disc in my low lumbar. 
And that happened just a couple weeks after Stanford. So I had like great race there. I think I ran a 1500 a few weeks later, um, which was also really fun to go 10K 1500. <laughs> um, feels real short. But um, yeah, I had that bulging disc and we didn't really know. We meaning my coach, myself, also doctors, because it's very uncommon in female distance runners. Um, you see it a lot with either contact sports or older people. Hmm. So there wasn't really like a test group to look to for protocols and ended up continuing that to run that season. I don't think I should have continued to run that season, hmm. but I um, made it to nationals and it's very hard for me to drop out of a race. Like the, just the drive of I'm here, I'm not tired. I'm not like <laughs> limping, nothing's broken. I'm going to finish. Um, so NCAAs in that would have been 2017 was definitely stands out as like, man, that was one of the worst races, uh, just experience wise. Cause I was actually seated to win it. Mm. Um, I was, had the fastest time going in and, I knew what was going on. I knew probably what would happen, but had some of the hope in me, like maybe it'll come together. Mm-hmm. Um, it did not. And it just, it was, a, it's a tough one to, to recall. I know there's an interview afterwards of that, that race. That's pretty, uh, it's very raw, very emotional to get more of the story, but yeah, that'd be one of, one of the toughest ones. Yeah. What did the rest of your career look like with that injury? So it was kind of ups and downs. Um, and what also very interesting to have a back injury when you're studying neuroscience and like feel, feel nerve pain, go to anatomy class, see what the nerve is. Um, so little, sometimes better to know less. Um, but it was helpful to at least understand my, my body and what was going on, but it would really come off as, uh, like sciatica is usually how I would feel. So I would lock up and like my low back would feel some pain, but mostly my hamstrings, my glutes would lock up. Um, I'd sometimes, if it was really bad, um, I'd get like shooting pain down my leg that didn't, Oh, it didn't, I got to that point a couple times. Um, but it wasn't always predictable. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think, of course, if I thought it would bring the injury back, I wouldn't do it. I was constantly doing rehab, seeing a massage therapist, et cetera, um, throughout those years, just keeping, keeping it up. But then there'd be something little that would throw it off. Like I got, um, I ran in old shoes, got plantar fasciitis. And because I was like running slightly lopsided for, you know, 70 plus miles a week that caused my back to get thrown off. So mm. it would kind of cycle, but it wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't always predictable. And that was what got to be real frustrating about it. Um, it's like, man, I, I really worked with the best doctors to do what I could. Um, but uh wish if NCAA seasons were like a month longer, I think <laughs> things would have ended a little differently for just place wise, but by no means, like looking at knowing the training that I did, that I was able to do going into each season and looking at how I placed, I'm can very much be content with that. Cause like, I, I know, man, if I had more time probably would be different, but Hey, you can't control time. And that was what I had. And that's good. I'll be happy with that. Yeah. So were you still resolved to keep going no matter what throughout this time to keep running, to keep pursuing that? Uh, so I would say up, up and down uh, to give you a little more context. Um, I know we might get to this a little bit later, but I'll at least to answer the question. Now mm-hmm. I did run professionally for a while for the Boston athletic association. And it was my back injury that came reoccur during that time after really trying pretty much everything that we could seeing the best doctors, etc. cetera. Um, so decided to end my contract early because it, it just, it was the best decision at the time. Um, and still like, I know that was the best decision as well, Mm -hmm. but after I like 
left end of the contract, um, it was really like, okay, I'm just going to take as long as I need. Mm. If I feel like racing, I'll race again. Um, but at that time I, in my head, I was like, heck, I don't know if I'll, it might be like two years. It might be three years. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, and then I ended up running a race on Thanksgiving. Um, so it would have been, I don't know, six or seven months later. And it's just been a going about training in a very different way than what I've done in the past to really figure out what can keep me healthy. And so, so to really answer the question, yes, I want to keep, I want to run marathons. I want to run road five K's. Like I always enjoy competing, Mm -hmm. but I'm very cognizant about stopping myself when something's off (laughs) because it's very easy for me to push too hard. And then it's not fun when running doesn't feel good. Um, it's different because it doesn't feel good because you're doing a hard workout versus it doesn't feel good because my foot's aching all day. Mm. Like, you know, when it starts to interfere with the joy, the pure just enjoyment of the sport, that's when I try to, to take a step back and say, all right, what is it that I'm training for? Am I doing it because I love it or am I doing it because I feel like I have to? That's that's when I, mm. I just make sure I have that mental check. But I do intend to continue racing always. Okay. So it seems like it takes a, a very mature runner to be able to pull back on the reins when like you feel something going wrong with your body. Um how like what were some keys to to developing that ability? I'm sure it's not perfect all the time, but like, how are you? Yeah. It feels like almost impossible for most runners to, <laughs> to pull back on the reins. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely still not easy. Um, definitely still not easy, but honestly, I would just say enough times of trial and error. Mm. And also the other piece of it would be the people around me not uh, have said things, not in, re- not even like in the same conversation same context but just little things like wow you look you seem much more relaxed (laughs) like Mm. you seem a lot uh a lot happier and it's like wow I didn't notice that much of a difference but I know part of that is tied to there's a very uh tough mental strain that comes along with being in pain whether it's a so like a huge injury like you know you broke something you're out for a while or it's just a recurring, like, man, my foot hurts every single day I run. Mm. It really does take a toll on you. And so to hear other people recognize that, not knowing like actually what was going on has also been eye-opening to me because I really care about my relationships with others. And, um, you know, running is ultimately something that I've, I I want to try hard. I want to compete, but it is something that is ultimately for enjoyment now. And so it's not worth sacrificing some of those Mm. those other areas for yeah absolutely this is a kind of a deep question but do you feel like you could be happy if you never ran again (laughs) uh yes yes I do Mm. and I I don't think I could have always said that Um, Mm -hmm. I think in in high school especially in college I know I had my days when my back was really bad where I was just like throw my hands in the air. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, we all have those times, I think, but now it's just being able to have such a greater lens through, through life experience. And and I say that, I mean, I'm I'm only 25, but, um, (laughs) I have had in, at least in the scheme of running and ups and downs and travels and such as I have had a lot of experience there. And, to be those experiences give you such a unique lens on approaching running and on what's important. And um, yeah. And, and also the faith aspect of it as well. I would say mm. is, you know, if, if I'm not supposed to run anymore, well, all right, I'll figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of my mentality. That's awesome. Uh, so going back to your time in Notre Dame, when you were there and thinking about life after college, what what did you envision? Did you want like full-time pro runner? I know you're studying neuroscience. Like what what were you thinking, you know, heading out of out of college? Yeah, I 
didn't think about professional running until it was maybe it was actually it probably was still freshman year but it was because molly saddle was my teammate for we were on the team for two Mm. years together and i remember she was talking to all these the pro teams and stuff and um i think we were also talking about class and i was stressed about stuff and she was like girl you know you're gonna run professionally after college right (laughs) and and that I just, I paused and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you think I can do that? And she was like, yes, you definitely can. And so, so that was actually like, I needed somebody to tell me, you realize you're good enough to do this. And um, that was from then on, I was like, all right, I'll at least give it a try, but I want to really have the backup plan, get some ideas. What would I do if this if uh, it doesn't pan out or what if I get really injured my senior year and it doesn't work out. Um, so I did also did a, a master's my, during my fifth year, I could did a master's in business management, which was completely different from undergrad. Mm-hmm. And so that also gave me the ideas of like, all right, I'm going to run professionally, but I need to at least think of a, a kind of a plan B for whenever that, that comes up. But yeah, I, I, the plan was to run pro. Okay. What was plan B? Uh, for a while it was PA school. And okay. then I did the masters in business management. And from there I was like, okay, business actually comes a lot. It clicks a lot easier for me. Um, I want to find a way to combine science and business and I didn't really know what that was going to look like. So I kind of paused at that <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and just knew like, okay, when, when I actually need to look at jobs, um, I know who to reach out to and I'll start getting ideas, but it was PA school. And then, all right, something with business and science. Okay. Uh, what was the process of choosing a, a professional team? Like how'd you end up going with BAA? Um, a lot of reasons. I will say my time choosing a professional team was pretty unique because it was in the middle of COVID. Uh, so it would have been summer, spring of 2020. Um, so things during the summer, things kind of eased up a little bit. So I got to actually go to Boston and, and, uh, visit and see, see the city. And it was, you know, you wear masks inside, but it wasn't anything crazy when I visited. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did, I talked to other, I talked to several other teams, but I only actually went and visited BAA and, um, Brooks and the, uh, Brooks Hansons in, um, Michigan. Sorry. (laughs) I know all those in my head. I'm just already uh, thinking of the next thing, but yeah. So I visited Brooks in, in the Hansons in Michigan and then, um, BAA and it there were just several factors I really liked both teams but it came down to um really at the time I wanted to do more on the track and BAA was going to allow it was set up a little bit better for me to do more on the track um and knowing they also travel for training camps a little bit more frequently and that was enticing to me just knowing knowing winter in Michigan's uh <laughs> similar to winter in Boston and winter in South Bend and stuff so um some of those factors and good coaches were all great um but just some of the little things it, it was a hard decision I will say yeah so what was your time like with BAA it um it's overall like I'm so glad I had that experience super so grateful that I did um, really liked Mark as a coach and Mark Carroll. And, um, but I will also say my perception is a bit skewed because again, I was there primarily during COVID. Mm. So we still, we got to do a training camp, which was awesome. Uh, like still, I mean, still get to do one during COVID. Mm -hmm. So we went like we did Tallahassee, um, and then went to Utah. Um, but it it was awesome to be able to see, to understand, like, this is your job. You, <laughs> you know, you orient your day around practice. I show up to work, which is the track at 9am <laughs> and like, 
and then you lift and you do physical therapy and you foam roll and like um it was it was really fun to experience that and fun to also be surrounded by people that were better than me and I you know not that I didn't have that in college we all had our different different strengths for sure um but it was it's just awesome to be around those women that can kind of help me get to that next step and um also just be great training partners to push me through different intervals that I hadn't done before um Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was awesome to just have that experience of what is it like to have your sport as your job and um yeah so the other piece of that that I will say though is I also realized I didn't I didn't I ultimately um chose because to leave the Boston Athletic Association early because of the back injury was like the biggest the biggest factor that was like man Anna probably can't be training this way right now not to say that's forever but like right then and now um was not going to be good um but still just really grateful I got to have that experience yeah were you able to race at all I did not get to race no no so that that was another big downer a lot of that though I will say was the time COVID man (laughs) (laughs) right when I so like that whole build-up I didn't actually move to Boston it was like the contract was signed but didn't move like that day you know um and so races there were some races that I was going to do over the summer that then got canceled or there was one like right before I got there I didn't get to race um and then there'd be little things that that popped up like I I had a build up for I think a race in January um and then there was something little like I don't remember what it was there was something where my coach was like okay we'll wait and race in in like six weeks and with the professional circuit there are a lot like high school you race every week at least once um sometimes multiple times and then college it's pretty much every other week unless you're a sprinter in track season but then professionally it's like you know the longer your race is the less you race so you might do you mm-hmm. might do two marathons a year um but for that, it was like there there were less races because of COVID, but then also there are less just generally not quite as many opportunities. So if something pops up two or three weeks before and you have to pull out, you might not get another opportunity for a couple months. So mm. it was a little bit tough. Like, unfortunately, I didn't get to race for them. But I mean, for the best, uh, you know, I can't look back and regret it. Yeah. Do you have any aspirations of running at that level again? I definitely haven't ruled it out. I'm, I'm just going to kind of see where, where life takes me, where the Lord takes me. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's awesome to look at the fastest marathoner women marathoners in, in America. I mean, in the world and how they're, they have children, they're like late Mm thirties. So it's, it's awesome to just know this does not have to be the prime time to be a professional runner. Mm. Um, my prime is in like 10 plus years. And so if Mm -hmm. I can, um, be enjoying it and loving it and healthy, then the talent's there. It's a matter of like, okay, is this, is this the time to put in, put in the time, put in the training, um, what life circumstances allow that, et cetera. So definitely haven't ruled it out. Um, we'll see where, where life takes me. For sure. So what does life look like since ending that contract? What have you, what have you been doing? I, um, I still coach high school and high primary high school athletes. Um, that was just kind of a, a fun side business. I started after I graduated and it's been really awesome to see several of those athletes through their, through high school into college, et cetera. Um, but my, my full-time job, um, again, looking back at just everything happens for a reason. Um, wasn't great to leave BAA the way I did, but honestly the best time that it could have come up because the job that I am in now is I didn't know existed and is the perfect combination of my skills and interests. So I Mm. work for a startup called dream fuel and we do mental performance coaching for 
business professionals primarily, primarily work with sales teams and executives. Uh, but everything we coach on is honestly, it's the tools that some of them I learned naturally through distance running. Like mm-hmm. we we coach on resilience, confidence, drive, motivation, like focus, all these things that to become a professional athlete, to become an elite athlete, you inherently have to be good at those things. Mm-hmm. And then backing that everything we explain, every tool we give someone is backed with neuroscience. So really get to tie in the, my degree, but also just being able to explain to people is not just a tool to use. This is why it works and this is how Mm. to use it. And I love that. I love to, to explain it and also just love getting to give back to people in that way, because these things are, are life-changing. It's going to help you in your career. If you're an athlete, if you're a salesperson, but it's also just skills people use like for parenting and stuff. It's mm. it's awesome how applicable they are. Um, and then on top of that, because it is a smaller company, I also get to do a uh, all the business operations. So um, I came in as a coach, but I am the VP of operations there. So mm. I get to use my business degree as well and really help scale us, which is, it's an exciting journey every single day to say the least. Yeah, definitely. So how has, I guess, like your understanding and insight on neuroscience and performance coaching affected maybe your own running or the way that you coach your, your running athletes? Oh, it's had a big impact. Um, I can say I used it on myself a lot this past year when I was training for my first marathon because I had a lot that we coach people on is uh, getting over mental blocks or getting over these beliefs that you have. Like people say, oh, I'm not confident. I'm not good at public speaking. It's like, okay, you're saying this about yourself. This is what you believe. And I realized I had that belief that, well, I'm just going to get injured if I train for a marathon. And so I had to work really hard to switch that and to just like continue to, to show up and to like, yeah, to really to, to switch those beliefs that I had around my own competition from things that I experienced and things that I had been told. So that was the way I used on myself. And I use these techniques with every single athlete that I coach, whether it's working on your head voice um, which is huge in your your beliefs and your performance in the moment um, or working on things like visualizing. Um, there's so much science behind visualization that I had no idea. I just did it because my high school coach <laughs> taught us how to, um, but to actually understand how that works and how much it can help you prepare for a race, but also work through performance anxiety and gain confidence. It's like, man, these, these tools are pretty incredible. And it's, and it's just very, it's fun, but it's very fulfilling to get to share those. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if you have, maybe we could add these to the show notes, as they say, uh, like resources for I don't know people listening to this coaches, athletes, et cetera, like in this area of, of neuroscience or just, I don't know, different aspects that can, um, they can use, whether it be books, videos, articles, Um, I don't know if anything comes to mind that you would be willing to share, but I feel like that'd be really helpful. Yeah. The first thing I would think of is the book endure by Alex, Alex Hutchins or Hutchinson. Um, that's one of my all time favorite books because it explains it explains the barriers that we put on our, our performance through our mind and Mm. how you can break through those. And I'm all about that. I, I like, I love um, just realizing how much more you're capable of and also understanding the why behind it, the psychology and science. Um, So that one does have some science in there. It's not by no means like a scientific, like overwhelming book at all. Uh, definitely recommend that. And then also the Huberman Lab podcast. I was about to ask uh, you about that, actually. Oh, I, yeah. I was listening to that today. <laughs> he's he's fantastic. Um, he's mm-hmm. done it for, it'll be almost two years now, but 
he does a great job of bringing these uh, topics that people are interested in that they encounter and giving you the science, but not overwhelmingly, I would say. Mm -hmm. And he does a great job with time stamping his podcast too. So you mm -hmm. can like, you know, you see the title of one, you can click on it and like scroll through the show notes and see exactly where we want to go. So definitely recommend him. There's a lot of great ones in there on recovery, on nutrition, on cardio, like so many great things in there. Absolutely. I, yeah. I double endorse that. Uh, so with your, your coaching service, um, do you want to make a plug for it? What, what do you offer? Are you still doing that on the side as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, uh, back down a little bit from it, uh, kind of ebbing and flowing with like life circumstances. So I just got married this past fall. So I had to take a break for a couple months there, but yeah, I, depending on what the athlete needs, I write training plans, strength plans, as well as one-on-one -on -one mentoring. So I would love to do group coaching. That's, that's the ideal because you do, that's what we do primarily with my full-time job. Um, at Dream Fuel, we do a lot of individual coaching, but there is a lot of value in groups as well. And I coach people, I meet them where they are. What is it that you're most struggling with that you need to work on? It's going to be most beneficial and just get to get to work with them on their journey. Um, it's been super, it's just so fun to see kids go get their, get a scholarship. Um, even if they're not running in college, just have a great season. Um, Yep. I love to be there with them along the way, whether that's with a, a full training plan and everything, or just we're, we're chatting every other week about what it is that you really need to, you need to best amplify your performance. That's awesome. That's a great plug for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Before we move to athletes corner and wrap up, is there anything that we missed throughout your, your whole running journey? Is there any stories or things that stick out? Oh man, that's hard. <laughs> that's a big question. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess one just small thing that really connects far back to the beginning that I like to throw in um, is I used to be so anxious before races. And I like to say this because I, I coach people on it incredibly frequently. Um, and it's good to have some level of, of, nervousness, like getting a little jittery, it does improve your performance. If it doesn't get over the edge, it's, it's a bell curve. You get to the, the peak at the sweet spot. And if you get more nervous, then your performance deteriorates. And that as a child, no one would have ever guessed that I um, would become the athlete I was or be able to compete on a national, national stage. And some of that subsided with just discovering the talent in it. But a big piece of that was two things, visualizing. Um, so if you need to learn more about it, I, you know, can try to help you out, but a lot, it's luckily been brought much more mainstream now. And that's something that we use my, at Dream Fuel and knowing how to do it properly to get the most out of it, um, helped me so much with anxiety. And then also, being able to be excited, like emphasizing the excitement and the fun, talking about how excited I was for things. I had no idea how, what I was doing, that that was actually helping my performance. Um, but again, now studying it, that was, um, that's a way to kind of trick your brain and not get those, uh, get those too, too jittery, I would say before races. And I just like to share that because i I know some people are, some people think if you're really good at running, you never get nervous hmm. and it's not the case. People still feel it. It's just, you learn to manage it differently. And, um, I think that's just an important thing to know, especially for the young runners. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so I know you have, uh, babysitting duties on deck. <laughs> yes. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, so we're going to just go to the end. Um, is there, Anything else you'd like to to share with our audience? Anything that comes to mind before we wrap up? Um, 
I guess my one last thing is just putting in the plug again of the enjoyment of running. Uh, that's also another thing that's that's science based. But the more that you can have fun with it, when you lose sight of of the enjoyment, and I'm not just talking like middle school, high school running, like professional athletes, you have to have fun. Um, mm. And we did, we do, we did, um, and I still do. So keeping that aspect is a huge piece of your longevity your motivation and your performance truly each day. So make sure, make sure you're keeping it fun. There we go. I can't think of a better way to end it there. Um, Yeah, we can, let's connect after sometime this week. I think this episode will go out a, bit, a little bit later and we can add some more, some more resources to the, the show notes. Cause I think that'd be, yeah. that'd be great. Helpful for the audience. Um, but I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for, uh, the invite. I'm really glad. Like I said, I have been a big Indiana runner fan since I was probably 14 years old. So it's really neat to get to be a guest. Absolutely. Well, everybody, until next time, thanks for listening.